Steve Jones presents Jonesy's Jukebox. Listening to Jonesy's Jukebox on KLOS. That was uh, the Kinks, Waterloo Sunset. Beautiful. Can't beat a bit of Kinks, man. And we had Iggy Pop, Bang Bang, from the Party album. It is right now, eight minutes after 12 bells on a Thursday, a gloomy Thursday, which I'm enjoying. I've got to tell you, I don't mind it. I can't believe this this year, weather-wise... It has been how it's meant to be. Because normally, the last four or five years, it's been like, right now it would be scorching hot. And it's actually like a normal summer. So far, I I don't want to speak too soon, you know, because next week it could be 200 degrees. So I'm hoping that we've got a a ways before that. Anyway, when all else fails, talk about the weather. (laughs) We're here with my guest, Moby. Hello. How are you, darling? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I saw you on uh, Bill Maher the other day. Yeah, I have a feeling. So I was on Bill Maher talking about my new book and also um, stirring ramen noodles with a dildo. Yeah. Are we allowed to say it? Yeah, dildo is not a dirty word, right? It's whether you say what you're doing with the dildo. I was just, in that case... You're good. It was cold, greasy ramen noodles that I was stirring... um, and so now I'm pretty sure that that's what's going to be on my tombstone when I die. It's like, here lies Moby. Nobody listens to techno, and he stirred ramen noodles with a dildo. Are you uh, are you going to be uh, buried then or cremated? My hope, and I don't think it's legal, but I would love is if I die, someone just like throw me in the woods, like up in Angeles National Forest. And be eaten. Yeah, be eaten and be recycled. Like, it seems weird. I mean... Maybe this is an uncomfortable thing for people to hear, but it's just weird to, like, treat a dead body preciously because it's a dead uh, body. I know what you mean. You know, it's just like throw me in the woods and let, like, bugs and coyotes eat me. That seems like a pretty nice way to end up. Well, even better if you want to be more um, more of a nice meal to the animals. Up Cover there. yourself in barbecue sauce. No, go up there alive and just lie in the woods. And see what happens. The thought has crossed my mind. <laughs> like, if things go terribly wrong. But then, this is really dark. The question is, like, if you were to do that, if you're like, I'm giving up, I'm tired of living, I'm going to go into the woods, how do you get there in a way that people wouldn't find you? Like, you'd have to leave, like, your car, your phone, everything you'd have to leave behind. And also, you'd have to, like, walk. Clearly, I've given this a lot of thought. Like, walk in a way that no security cameras would see you. Like, well, So how do you actually, like, if you wanted to go up in the woods and die and get eaten, how would you do that? In Angela's Crest, there's plenty of room where there's no cameras, no one's yeah. going There's a lot of dead bodies up there, by the way. There's a lot of dodgy stuff that's happened up there. The last time I was up there, I was hiking by myself in the middle of the afternoon, completely empty, and I came around the corner by Switzer Falls, and there was a giant brown bear there, oh, like a black bear. With a like, big... And it was just like, it ignored me, but it's so, I was like, oh, I might die. Like, I'm here yeah. Tuesday afternoon hiking by myself, 
And what a like I'm not at the top of the food chain. Like I might get killed by something and I'm in Los Angeles County. You might have done something else to you as well. Mm, that's where your mind goes. I go towards <laughs> like sadness and dying and you're like, well, maybe you have some sort of like romantic encounter with this yeah. giant black bear. I mean, you, you know, you're an attractive yeah. guy. <laughs> <laughs> According to Gene Simmons, yeah. You can't get over that. You love that. We're going to have to play that. You know that, right? What? The, oh, Jim? the ID. Yeah. You love that, that he says that about you. Well, because it was just the weirdest, and I, I write about it in my new memoir entitled Then It Fell Apart. Um, it's one of the, like, the lighthearted memories, because generally the book is really dark. But it was like after playing at the closing ceremony of the Winter Olympics in 2002, and I'm on a plane with Earth, Wind & Fire, Willie Nelson... And Gene Simmons, and he tells me I'm a powerful and attractive man. Like, that's just weird. Because yeah. also, I am not a powerful and attractive man. And I was like, so I was like, Gene Simmons, you're wrong, but this is strange that you're also like 11 feet tall, tapping me on the shoulder, telling me that I'm a powerful and attractive man. But do you think he was taking the piss? No, he was earnest. Yeah. Like, I, cause I smiled and tried to make a joke, and he looked at me and was like, mm hmm. Uh, he was deadly earnest. Yeah. Is that a wrong word? In America, in England, it just means taking the mick out of someone. Yeah. Like, that they were looking like I said, just said something. We're going to get, all get fired. Look, the PISS. Yeah, I think that that's a. I don't know if the. I'm just going by FCC. their faces. It tells me it's not good. Really, it's a bodily function, right? I mean, aren't you allowed to? Okay, we should. We're, <laughs> yeah. we're, we're move on. Right? Panic, panicking. Yeah. No, panicking. Move, the joke gets better the more attention you pay to it. Yeah, that's right. See, mm -hmm. we'd have just let it fly. Yeah. Um, so, what else should we play songs, or what do you want? What do you want to do? <laughs> <laughs> oh man! But what I thought was funny when you was on Bill Maher, uh, stirring. When no, when with, you said uh, about being a vegan, and you're like, oh, uh, yeah, keep eating meat, let people die. They they freaked out when you were kind of making fun of, uh, you know. There's too many people in the world. That's my concept. Mm -hmm. Who cares? If, if you smoke cigarettes, keep smoking. Die. Who cares? If, they, if you want to smoke cigarettes, that's fine. But when you got to that point, Bill Maher and that, the lady who was on there just, ah, okay, let's move on. Yeah, generally in, encouraging people to eat bacon and kill themselves, I can see how that might make a TV host uncomfortable. Did, did you regret saying that then? Uh, I mean, I do sometimes have what I think of as like public speaking Tourette's yeah where like you put a microphone in front of me yeah. and like the uncomfortable thing that you're not supposed to say is the first thing that comes out of my mouth yeah um, so I don't know about regret I mean most people would regret stirring ramen noodles on TV with a dildo but you know what you know like when you do an interview then you get off and then you reflect you're like oh maybe I shouldn't have said that or I should have said this or do you ever get in that space? Oh, I mean, I spent my entire life Doing being, that. like, self-critical and self-loathing. Yeah. So it's, like, it's rare to have any experience and think, oh, I did a good job. Yeah. Like, I, don't even, I wouldn't even know how to have that conversation with yeah. myself. Was it, uh, it nerve-wracking being on his show? The only thing, because I had done Politically Incorrect a few times. Right. And I grew up in a house where no one ever yelled. Like, in my family, like, people yelled once a decade, and it meant that, like, the apocalypse was coming. Yeah. So when I was on Politically Correct, it's all these people yelling back and yeah. forth, and it made me catatonic. Yeah, yeah. So doing Bill Maher, I was a little scared that it was going to be that. Like, me trying to, like, get a word in edgewise, which I just don't know how to do. Yeah. Um, but in this case, Bill and I get along great, 
And yeah. I have it's also he's probably like one of the most erudite, just brightest comedians and commentators. Yeah. And so there's that hope that like you can rise to his level of erudition. Yeah. You know, and I don't think I did, but he's like he's so funny and so sharp that that's intimidating. Yeah. There's um did he um what was he gonna say? Oh, I completely forgot. You threw me with that last smart word you just said. <laughs> <laughs> but we also, so now... Oh, yeah. How did you get on there? Did, did they call you or did you... You got a publicist who throw you... That's a good... I don't know. I just... Um, I mean, this sounds like a bad cliche, but like stuff shows up in my schedule and I go to do it and I don't know who set it up or why I'm going. Just... Uh, I also like... The, one of the things I like about doing that show is it's next to Erewhon on Beverly. You know, it's in the CBS. Oh, that's where it is. So I was able to go like grocery shopping yeah. in between like rehearsal and the show. Yeah. So that was like a, a double bonus. Like you get to do Bill Maher and do grocery shopping yeah. at the same time. I like that one on Beverly. It's a bit hip, but it's it's open till like midnight every night. one. <laughs> <laughs> Should we go back and talk about the weather? Oh, okay. Weather is pretty nice. I mean, like overcast, chilly, it's great. It almost was spitting a little bit. Like yeah. it's coming. You know. It was. Oh. It was that word we're not allowed to say. The P I S S down word. Yeah. Did we, it's, oh, sorry. Went back to the thing that we're not supposed. To. So it's yeah. the twenty-year anniversary of the album Play. Oh. Okay. Okay. So we're going to play play uh, porcelain. Yeah. Sure. You don't mind. Uh, that's fine. I mean, I guess the only, for me, the only, in, well, hopefully people like the song, but the fact that I recorded it in my bedroom and when I released the album play, I was going to leave it off of the album because I didn't think it was a very good song. Like it certainly was not mixed well and my voice sounds terrible on it. Um, but my manager talked me into including it. And I guess in hindsight, I'm glad that he did. See, see, they, they do make, they do earn their money sometimes managers made it sad but true you know mm -hmm. managers um <laughs> jonesy's jukebox Carlo s with my guest moby and we're gonna play porcelain take it away you're listening to jonesy's jukebox Carlo s that was david bowie from his last album black star that was lazarus gorgeous then we had moby hello porcelain from the album Play, released 20 years ago this week. I'm very old. Did time fly? Uh, yeah, time... Um, sometimes it flew, sometimes it dragged. I mean, like, especially pre-sobriety. Yeah. When you're, like, lying in bed. <laughs> and you're, like, crippled with a hangover and you're taking Xanax and Vicodin to just sort of, like, make it through the next five minutes. Like, then time dragged. Um, I find time drags when you're not having fun. When it's in the back, like if you was in a, you're put in prison, yeah. you've got put in a jail, right? Then time seems to, I bet slows down. I bet it takes forever. Yeah, or you're in like Burbank Airport and you need to fly somewhere and your flight has been cancelled. Yeah, so it's like you're sitting there and you're hungry and you're drinking like coffee bean and tea leaf coffee. They just sort of like pass the time. That's reading. a long time, right? Yeah, then like time drags. And and it's funny because it's all in your head, because mm -hmm. it's the same time as any other time. But and it all leads to the same place. Yeah, but death. Yeah. Are you? Are you? <laughs> are you? A, are you? A, uh, do you like flying? 
Uh, I'm not afraid of it, but I don't like it. Yeah. I don't like, I mean, like, I don't know if it, I mean, the only time, and I'm going to sound like a bourgeois jerk, I've had the opportunity to fly on, like, a really fancy airplane to Australia. Like, the A380 first class, that's very nice. You have your own little pod. And at this point, I can just hear anyone listening yeah. is like, oh, wow, they thought they hated me before. But now that I'm, like, saying how nice it is to fly first class to Australia, they hate me even more. So what airlines? Qantas? Qantas. And it's... That's and I'm not a shill for Qantas. I'm not, but like that's pleasant as opposed to like, you know, middle seat economy on Delta for five hours to New York. Like that makes you want to blow your brains out. Sitting next to some businessman where he's had a couple of drinks and he's telling you your life story. Yeah, and like sort of spitting on you, and then like the then there's a kid behind you kicking your seat. Like yeah. that's terrible. So I'm not afraid of flying, but I think yeah. I have like a rational reaction to being in a middle seat and economy, having someone behind me kick my seat. While someone farts next to me. Listen, if anyone had a choice, they would all be up front. Mm-hmm. If everyone had a choice, they would all be up front. Well, this is what I don't understand because I spent most of my life touring. And so as a result, I hate airports and I hate the, I don't like hotels. Yeah. And the thought of traveling, like I just, to me, the greatest luxury is like going to sleep in my bed, waking up in my bed and having a, like a leisurely breakfast, watching Stephen Colbert on YouTube. Yeah. Like, when people like pay to leave their house and go to an airport, I almost want to like offer sympathy to them. Is that why you don't tour? As, yeah, I, just to avoid. It's also so repetitive, you know. Like year, I mean, touring as you know, it's like year after year. It's the same thing with diminishing results. Yeah. You know, like in two thousand and one, I was touring and like headlining festivals. Two thousand five, you're touring and you're like third on the bill. Yeah. Two thousand and nine, you're doing like the same tour but you're eighth on the bill like why do i keep doing the same thing what does that tell you uh that i'm getting old and becoming less relevant (laughs) (laughs) oh i feel you though man Uh, especially these days it seems like planes seem to have a lot more problems than they used to i that i think that's got to be the number one way i wouldn't want to die is being on a plane the pilot says we're going to crash that from that time to the crash I mean, it's terrifying. I don't remember if we ever talked about this, but one time I was on a plane and we thought it was going to crash. And so afterwards, the people I was with, we had a conversation of what would be the worst song to hear (laughs) during your last moments on a plane before it crashes. And? The runner-up was Kokomo by the Beach Boys. (laughs) But we decided the absolute worst song, this is not to malign him as an artist or a person, but this song, if you're crashing to hear, I guess that's why they call it the blues by Elton John, is <laughs> like that's your last experience is that. Because I wonder what does that. No one knows. No. But what happens? I would just after you die. I'm already in that. Maybe that song's oh, after, in your head for, for eternity. Yeah. Um. But also like that idea. Like my biggest fear in if I was on a crashing plane, is that the person next to me would want to talk while we're crashing. Like, I'm just like, please, leave me alone. Like, I understand, like... The drunk businessman. And they're like, I can't believe we're crashing. I was like, come on, fine, just keep it to yourself. Like, can't you tell I'm reading a magazine and I have headphones on? Please leave me alone. I know we're about to die. I don't want to talk to you. It's probably not like that when you know that. I don't think... I think Mm. everyone's, like, screaming. I think you're underestimating my capacity to be annoyed with people. 
And also, like, I'm a wasp from Connecticut. Like, we have a sense of personal space. Like, even if we're about to die, yeah. I'm not looking for solidarity and commiseration. Yeah. I just kind of want to be left alone. I know. Even if I do, if I do get uh, buried, mm-hmm. I want at least an acre by myself. <laughs> and direction so, like, coyotes can come and eat you. Yeah, I don't want to be eaten. Oh, okay. Um, that's, that's your thing. Oh, yeah, that's right. But I am going to be eaten but by maggots, by not, not bears and... You don't, so you don't want to be cremated? I, I don't know what I want to do. If I knew if there was something afterwards, then I'd tell you that. Mm-hmm. If there is... I mean, maybe in the event of a zombie apocalypse, like, it's good to not be cremated so you can come back as a zombie and get your revenge on the living. Yeah, well, there you go. So you don't know. Yeah. You don't know. But I guess I would give me parts up, my livers and kidneys to someone. It just makes me think of Monty Python. What, what? When, remember, oh, he's like, left with the last the organ donor, but yeah. it, like he signs an organ donor card, and they show up, and they're like, "Well, we're here for your organs," and there's nothing that in the contract that said they couldn't take them while he was alive. While he was alive, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's on Netflix. All the uh, Monty Python. Yeah. Have you noticed that? As an old person, I've been going back and watching them religiously. Is it still funny? Yeah, especially the Terry Gilliam bits, like the cartoons. But some of them, some of it is hasn't aged well, but some of it's phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's definitely some magic. Um, by the way, yes. Did we want to play a song? We when? Can, well, we can play soon. Okay, I'm not trying to rush things. Would you want to just go in now? I don't know. It's up to you. It's we, your show. we should we should play a song first because I don't know. I know we you've got some ideas. Let's just let's just run through. Let me get some inkling of what we're doing. How about a Johnny Cash song that has three chords? Hey, hey, you, you say that like you're looking down at me. No, no, I'm saying that that like bits of like I'm we, stupid. You're that, saying I'm stupid. <laughs> Just saying that Pretty because cool. we've never played it before. I've never played this song before. It's a. You know, um, you know what? I'm going to show you. What? I'm going to show you three chords. Okay. What what key is it in? Do you have lyrics? Because there are a lot of words. Oh, now you want lyrics. And also, you can because um, it with the chord. It's in E. Oh, yeah. Nice. Um, how does it sound? sound have one, you got, two. Have you, got, have you got a pick? I have an extra. You want one? Yes, please. Okay. Oh, wait. Are you one? I, I have a very heavy pick to make up for the fact that I'm a small, insignificant man. Um, and we can also, like, maybe have a little intro where you do a solo and then how about a middle section where you play a solo okay okay um so you know how this goes right it's, sort of i played it, it basically just check, plays itself it's one of them chords yeah okay ready? see that sounds good right does that sound okay some reverb no, it sounds, I mean, I think it sounds pretty well, good. Yeah. I'm just talking about, like, you're, like, the fact that we've never played it doesn't matter because it sounds nice. No, do you want reverb on your voice? Let him hear I'm it. No, I've got to... Let him hear it. It's almost like skiffle. I never even knew what skiffle was. Is this skiffle? Well, Lonnie Donegan is okay. skiffle. So, would this be skiffle-y? Well, it just sounds like train okay. okay. Well, I hear that train coming, rolling round the bend. I ain't 
haven't seen sunshine since I don't know when But I'm stuck in Folsom Prison Time keeps dragging on I hear that train rolling on down to San Antonio When I was just a baby My mama told me, son Always be a good boy, don't ever play with guns But I shot a man in Reno Just to watch him die I hear that whistle blowing I hang my head and cry You want to do a solo? Two, three, four In a dining car Probably drinking coffee And smoking big cigars But I know I had it coming I know I can't be free Those people that are moving That's what tortures me Well, if they freed me from this prison That railroad train was mine I bet I'd move out over just further down the line So far from Folsom Prison, that's where I want to stay I let that lonesome whistle blow my blues away <laughs> for never rehearsing or having played that song before, that was okay, right? That was a pretty good, boy. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> should we talk more, or do you want to play more songs? Play some music, boy. We'll play some rocks and music. <laughs> oh, the song about um, having emotional and physical intimacy with a blow-up doll. With a blow-up doll, baby. When I get down with this doll, take it away. In every dream home, my heart takes. You're listening to Jonesy's Jukebox on KLOS. That was Roxy Music in Every Dream Home, A Heartache from the album For Your Pleasure. That was their second album. And uh, we're here with Moby. What did we play before that? Folsom Prison? Yeah, we played the Johnny Cash Folsom Prison Blues. That was good. Yeah, considering we neither one of us had ever played it before. Yeah. Um, do you know... Because of that song and, and because of Johnny Cash um, uh, did that show in Folsom Prison, mm -hmm. it gives the percent perception that he's done time in jail. He's never done any time in jail. That's a good question. I Lindsay mean, like, Lohan's done more time. Because yeah. <laughs> he was the man in black. And he obviously, like, like some of us in this room, bottomed out as an alcoholic and a drug addict. Yeah. So I think... He probably should have. I know there was that scene in the movie where I think it's like the police come to him and they're like, look, Mr. Cash, we respect you. We should throw you in jail. But if you get sober, we won't. Oh, Unless okay. I'm not remembering it correctly. I would think I was, ironically, high when I saw that movie. You did? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Oh, we we played we played a prison Sex Pistols early on in England. It was called. Um, oh, why did I, why'd I bring that up? And I don't know the blame in it. It was a, it was a maximum yeah. prison. Uh, uh, Jesus, have you <laughs> have you ever played any prisons? Uh, no, I made a music video in a women's like an abandoned women's prison. It was a video for Natural Blues, and a video. Yeah, we, well, so we well, went make believe. It, it was complete make believe, but. It, because it was abandoned, we went, like, the basement, there were these restraining rooms that had been empty for 20 years, and they're all, like, moldy, and it was one of the scariest places I've ever been. And this is an empty, decommissioned prison. Yeah, Chelmsford. Chelmsford. Chelmsford Prison. That was very early on. Yeah. I'll never forget the day. This was the day Cookie just passed his four-year apprenticeship with uh, as electrician for Watney's Beer Company. Mm-hmm. And on that day, he he was drunk. So we we were playing that night at Chelmsford Prison, prison, and he was drunk and he fell off his stool. And I don't know about you, if anyone else has played prison, prison, sorry, there's always the one nut job who gets up and starts dancing. I think that's true for almost any sit-down show. Yeah. Like I played at the L.A. Philharmonic with Dudamel, and during the last song, one guy out of the 5,000 people there stood up and started dancing. Yeah. This guy was like a long hair, long haired guy, and uh, it, it, there's always you know, he's doing he's doing like the Hawkwind dance with his hand <laughs> in the hair, and uh, it was fun. It was fun. I'm glad that we've played a Nick. You know, it's a uh, part of the ticking the boxes for me. Yeah, I actually want to do um, H and I hospitals institutions. I want to start doing prison reach out like they, twelve step stuff. They're good. Good. I've never done that. I'm like too kind of scared to do it, but it seems like if you're going to be of service, that seems like a really desperate need to be of service. No, it's good. And, and you feel grateful when you mm-hmm. leave out the door. Yeah. You know, because it could go either way for you and me. Oh, without question. Yeah. Without any control if we were still drinking and using. I remember one time in D.C., I was staying in a hotel and I, the bars were closed. So... I broke into a bar to steal alcohol. Yeah. And I remember afterwards, like, walking away with the bar, I was like, oh, I just committed, like, three or four serious felonies for, like, burglary tools, breaking through a lock, so breaking and entering, stealing alcohol, et cetera, like, drinking all these things. I was like, I'm going to go to prison. Like, if they had a security camera, I'd be in prison. This was not be- that I'm not comparing myself to a hardened con, but, but that this- realization, like, oh, it was only, like, the fact that, Either the security camera wasn't working or they didn't have one that I didn't end up going to prison. Yeah, and this was in a hotel? This was a hotel bar, yeah. Well, why didn't you get the little mini bar in your, in your room? Oh, because we'd already torn that, through the mini bar. Yeah, that was already gone. Like, this was 2 o'clock in the morning, 3 o'clock in the morning, and, like, any last thing we could drink or snort had already been drunk and well, snorted. You know, you, you know what you could have done? I w- if I was with you, this is what I would have done. Knocked on the door next door. If no one answered, kick in that door and invade that minibar. Also a felony. Yeah, but, you know, a lot lot easier than the way you went. But we wanted, the thing is, a minibar was never enough. Like, we wanted, like... Oh, it's never enough, baby. Yeah. Um, So, what's what's happening now? Well, you're you're, you're you're talking to me. Oh, okay. So, one thing I wanted to talk about, sorry (laughs) to sort of, like, interject, is that we both have had this weird experience. Like, you wrote... You put out your memoir, and I just two days ago put out my second memoir. So that weird experience of going out, because your memoir is very honest. Mine's very honest. There's a lot of stuff in both of our books that most people would never, ever share. Mm-hmm. 
and going out and talking about that in public is such a weird, especially like, did you ever have the experience where journalists would almost feel like they weren't allowed to ask you certain questions because they were too personal? Uh, no, not really. I okay, mean, so that question went nowhere. Sorry. <laughs> I mean, you You're know, a terrible interview subject. Listen, when I my book came out, and I did the whole book tour. One of the first questions they ask you is the the most thing in there about being mm-hmm. molested. Yeah, they go straight to it. They don't fart around. Because in mine, I, that's one of my early chapters is also being molested, and that's the one people are like. Oh, are we allowed to ask about that? I mean, there's certain things like there's one chapter where I was sort of blackout drunk and I touched Donald Trump with my flaccid penis. Yeah. A lot of people have been asking about that. Yeah. But it's the more like my suicide attempts, abuse. Those are the things where like the journalists are a little more hesitant. Around. Yeah. Yeah. Let me ask you something. If you get molested by a bear. Yeah. Does it that, count? Is that being molested? Is that? Is no, that... I, I think it's just the natural order of things. It's like if you're an attractive man walking through the woods, a bear, like it's just their natural response to like. Attractive uh, gentlemen such as us. Well, no, no, not you. Like, I, Obviously, I I not you, because he didn't want you. I couldn't claim me too if I had been molested by the bear in Angeles National Forest. Unlike but, Donald Trump, who can claim me too for me. Yeah, but he didn't fancy you, the bear. What are you trying he to say? He let you go. Right? If he was a, an attractive, powerful man. I felt, bad. I felt man. bad about myself to begin with, and you're just reiterating <laughs> the fact that this bear didn't find me attractive. Like. Thanks. We're going to visit the Duke. What a way to spend my afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to visit the Duke. We're here with Moby, Jonesy's Jukebox, KLOS. You're listening to Jonesy's Jukebox on KLOS. Um, excuse me. That's the Clash, <laughs> White Riot. Before that was the Kaiser Chiefs. I predict a riot. And then we had Mick Ronson's version of White Light, White Heat. And then Moby, Southside. Hello. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. That was um, the, the only thing I believe I have in common with Jimi Hendrix is that technically he and I were both one-hit wonders. And what I mean by that is we each only ever had one top 40 song. Of course, Jimi Hendrix is better at me than everything, or but Purple Haze was a top 10 single, and that was Southside was my one and only top 10 single. Uh. And that's one of my favorite um, Jimi Hendrix songs. It is pretty special. It's, I, in, it's in my book. Mm-hmm. You have a book. Yeah. It just, just came, came out. out two days ago. Then it fell apart. It's a memoir about it's everything a, like yeah. fame and abuse and alcoholism and drug addiction and bottoming out and waking up on a tour bus covered in poop and not knowing whose poop it was and touching Donald Trump with my flaccid penis, you know. The usual stuff. The usual stuff. Now, you say 100% of the profits go to animal rights organizations. That is correct. Do you you make make money? You just give it away? At this point, I try to give everything away. Like my restaurant, Little Pine in Silver Lake, where I see Shovel, Um, 100% of the profits from that go to animal rights organizations. My last three albums, 100% of the profits went to animal rights organizations. I... I've lived in a simple little house in Los Feliz, and I've got a pretty simple life, so I'd rather just take the money that I make and try and do good with it. Yeah. And also, it's easier if I say, like, 100% of profits. It's just an easier number to remember than, like, 10% or 20%. Not to malign anyone who gives any percentage, but, like, I'd just rather give it all away. Yeah. I think you should change that to 120%. (laughs) 
it kind of makes me think of speaking of the clash who you just played that um jail guitar doors there's that verse oh, about I like i love that song the guy you know like let me tell you about no there's wayne who did the deal with cocaine but the other guy who like wanted to give all his money away and he got arrested for it i don't know if that'll happen to me but i still just like the idea of like rather than me spend money on stupid things i'd rather try and support organizations who are doing good work okay so when you die what you're going to do with you you're going to do a will i have a will yeah when there's a will there's a way there's a yeah <laughs> yep. and uh what are you going to do with it the will um, am i in it you are in it yeah because you, you you know you, there's a thing in the in your new book about the sex pistols there's a thing it's it's about the sex pistols and more specifically your i mean this is interesting i'm 53 years old when I was 13 or 14, I borrowed a friend's copy of Nevermind the Bollocks. And it was the first time I had heard punk rock in my house. And I put on this record and I listened to it. And at first it scared me. You know, like, I mean, you hear like Holidays in the Sun. And you're like, they're singing about the Holocaust in a lighthearted sing-along way. Like, Is that what it's about? Kind of. Belson, like going on vacation to a concentration camp. No, that's that's Belson was a gaff. But Holidays in the Sun, like, I don't want to go to the new Belson. Oh yeah, yeah. Is that what he says? <laughs> so, <laughs> so I remember listening to Nevermind the Bollocks in my living room when I was thirteen or fourteen, and I just started. I just gotten decent enough on guitar to play songs, and so I learned how to play "God Save the Queen," yeah. and I decided then to start a band. Yeah. Fast forward forty years, and we're sitting here talking about it that's why i should be in your wheel yeah you are there's yep. that guitar riff mm -hmm. if it wasn't for that i'd be living in connecticut like chain smoking cigarettes in a loveless marriage with someone who's cheating on me like just like looking at my high school yearbook and not even having the energy to cry <laughs> so thank you for saving me from that don't you think it's funny how you think you got a plan but it, it never turns out the way it does life in general i mean everybody mm -hmm. everybody you know you don't know what's coming around the corner there, and also when you get exactly what you want and it ends up making you depressed and miserable like yeah. like for example like when you and i were growing up learning how to play guitar if someone had come to us and said oh at some point you'll make records and you'll go on tour and everything will be great yeah. and it is for a minute but it also like ends up not being anything like what you expected. And that's really like, you t I mean, Los Angeles is like ground zero for that. Like the public figures who if just I, thought... If I can just get there, that's going to make me happy. If I can just get that. And yeah. then when you get there, then you realize it ain't happy. But if I can just get to this other thing... Yep. And the truth is, I've never been happy. <laughs> You're happy right now? Not really. Oh, okay, I'm, sorry. I'm, I'm kind of... A, I'm, I, I, I'm blame, okay. I blame myself. I'm okay... But the truth is, I'm never, whatever that means. I mean, I have moments of joy, mm -hmm. happiness, but they're brief. And I got to say, some of those moments when you're in your toilet, wearing a wrestling mask, playing like Gene Vincent songs, you seem pretty happy. It's a facade. <laughs> you know, it's Instagram, baby. Mm -hmm. It's all a facade. Well, I don't know. All, all I can say is those moments... Like when you're running down the beach and you have your bathing suit pulled up. Up to my knockers. It makes me happy. That is funny. Yeah. But, but comedians are, are miserable sods too, though. Yep. All of them, you know. If I'm by myself all the time, if I count the amount of times 
where I'm at peace. They're few and far between. I'm okay. You know, I'm okay. Mm-hmm. You know, it's okay being sober 20, 28 years. But I, if I'm really honest, I'm not. I'm not just walking around in a cloud, you know. But I don't know. I think for me what is in a way nice about that is being reminded that no one is. Like I think the yeah. human condition yeah. is basically yeah. like you're we're born and we're confused and we don't know if our lives have meaning. Right. And then everyone around us dies and then we die. Yeah. And so it's like everybody on the planet, if you're not confused, you're either medicated or a sociopath. Yeah. Yeah. Because... You know, the story was told in the 50s to leave it to Beaver. This mm-hmm. is how one should live. This is how a family, you should have a family, and this is how it should live. Everyone, leave it to Beaver, which is just, it's like Instagram. It's a fantasy. Yeah. It's, it's not real. And and the really insidious part of that is the pe- like my friends who don't have families feel really inadequate, like they're missing out on something. Yeah. And my friends who do have families are miserable because families can be like, I mean, families can be great, but can also be like really sort of, con, you know, confusing. And I mean, my family wasn't great when I was growing up. So the people who have it are miserable. The people who don't have it are miserable. And that's why you should just be happy putting on a wrestling mask and singing Gene Vincent songs on the toilet. Yeah, when I do it, it's fun. I, yeah. And I like, I like reading the comments. Ah, oh, this is the funniest thing. I like to make people laugh. Mm-hmm. It, that's, that's, a, that's one of the things. I like, and also there's the validation of people liking it. That's mm-hmm. you know, and, and it's an outlet for creativity as well. That's the, that's another part of of the whole thing. Mm-hmm. You know, don't have to go on the road when I'm in my toilet doing a, <laughs> a thing with a, a mask on. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So, what are we doing? We visiting the dude? No, we're playing some music. Couple do you want to play? Do you want to play a a song that we've never played? Whatever you want, or at least I've never played. No, it's good. Okay. I, I like this. Just. Do it and, and see um, what happens. Okay, so it's a Lou Reed song. Okay. Um, and we were saying earlier, but not on mic, is that I spent a lot of time with Lou and I was always so surprised that he wasn't mean to me. Yeah. Because he was, he could be really mean to people. people and it there. was nice, but it was always very confusing to me that he didn't hate me. Yeah. And I had that one amazing night where I had dinner at David Bowie's house with Lou Reed and Laurie Anderson. Yeah. And David Bowie was obsessed with Lou, and he, you could tell he really, like, Lou's opinion meant a lot to him. Yeah, for sure. He gave off that thing, though. You wanted to please him. Yeah. He gave off that vibe, Lou. Um, Let's come back to the Duke. Are we going to go to the Duke now? We've oh, got to okay. go to the Duke. Okay. We're going to come back. We're going to play that a song. A Lou Reed song. Take it away. Oh. Okay. As promised. We're going to play a Lou Reed song. Yeah. Moby and Jonesy are going to perform a beautiful... Lou Reed song. That we have not rehearsed. That we have not rehearsed, and it's in the key... Of A. Not as the key in, as the actual song, so... Yeah. But I think, we're, you know, would you call yourself a professional musician? <laughs> I believe, yes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's three bleeding chords. What are you going to do? Well, four, because there's the F-sharp minor. There's four chords? Yeah. Oh, Mainly you, three, but there's... You didn't tell me that. Okay. okay. Ready? So nice and sl- slow and pretty. Should we just stay in A for a minute? A 
sometimes I feel so happy Sometimes I feel so sad Sometimes I feel so happy Oops, I screwed up But mostly you just make me mad You went too early to yep. the F sharp It's okay Baby, you make me mad Linger on Your pale blue eyes Linger on Your pale blue eyes Thought of you as my mountain
Jones's jukebox. No, you're not. Yes, you are. Kind of. Mm -hmm. What's happening? Um, so we were talking about classic rock. Yes. And I was asking you, are there any of the classic rock bands? Because keep, I mean, like, when punk started, like, it was sort of antithetical. Is that the word I'm looking for? Towards the sort of, like, the indulgent rock ethos of the mid-70s. So are there any of those bands that you still don't like? How do you feel about, like, Yes, for example? I love the band Yes, but I th do you like them? I mean, to be honest, the Sex Whistles, we didn't say, like, we hate all these bands. We're going to start a band and get rid of them. We just started a band. Mm -hmm. And it was so di much different than all them other bands. You know, yeah, we milked it a bit, saying, oh, get rid of these, these old farts, you can't see them anywhere, whatever. We were just a new thing mm -hmm. happening, you know. But yeah, I mean, I was, I didn't, I didn't really like bands like Yes or Pink Floyd at the time. I never. Prior to that, I was just a glam guy, Roxy Music, yeah. Bowie, you know, all them bands that was mm -hmm. sparkly and fun to watch, and they, and they had good beats, and that was my stuff. I wasn't into that prog, you know. Yes, all them other bands because it didn't. You couldn't stump your feet to it. You couldn't, like... And they, they weren't very catchy, a lot of them songs. And how about, okay, from the glam era, Sweet? Did you like yeah, Sweet? Yeah, yeah. I guess some of those singles, like a Absolutely. Fox on the Run. No, so they good. had so many hit yeah. songs, you know. How but, about Slade? Loved them, too. Okay. Mott the Hoople, I love. Even Slade, like, I I just recently reheard that um, Run, Run Away. Yeah. So good. Yeah. It was like Big Country. Yeah. It's got a bagpipe solo in the middle. Even more like Big Country. And a great video that just makes no sense, like the least attractive rock stars of all time. Yeah. Not not a good looking band. Yeah. But uh, what are you going to do? You can't have everything. Sadly, no. Can't be all delicious, you know? <laughs> not like us. Yeah. <laughs> I had my day, mate. I had my I day. Now I look. Now I look like an old Um Thanks for coming by. That was really fun. I hoped. Uh, I like that every time we meet up, we play songs that neither one of us has ever really played before. Yeah. It, well, the good news is we know both the songs, so I'm a Heard fan them. of Lou yeah. Reed. You know, mm -hmm. so it's not like a stretch. If you know the songs, you kind of know how it goes. It actually made me a little nostalgic because the last time I saw Lou was leaving a meeting uh, in New York. There's this 12-step uh, meeting, the French church that we used to go to. Yeah. And the last time I saw him, he gave me a big hug. Like more than normally? I mean, we were always very affectionate, but like it's a really sweet, big hug. Yeah. <sighs> Why do all the good ones die? Why can't like... like the terrible evil ones like the hosts on Fox News like why can't they, they be the ones who die not wishing that they would die but well, I'm saying it wouldn't be bad if they did but listen as you said earlier like Sean Hannity why is he still breathing and Lou Reed is dead listen oh sorry we're all gonna die at some point that is it's true. just a matter of time why can't Sean Hannity be raped by a bear in Angeles National Forest and David Bowie still be walking around I don't just know just saying these are legitimate questions I want answers okay you know what? <laughs> Is this when you open the door and you kind of kick me to the curb? I assume Let, so, yeah. I'm going to give you a plug. Okay. In Angela's court. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm ready. <laughs> yeah. Okay. We're give going to give you a little bit of plug. Um, I can't read it. My eyes have gone blurry. Oh. Your book. Then it fell apart. And it came out two what, days ago. What fell apart? Then it fell apart. Me. It was in everything. My dignity, my health, my relationships, 
uh, anything that could have fallen, my career, everything that could have fallen apart did fell, fall, fell apart. And 100% profits goes to my organization, the Steve Jones Foundation. The Steve Jones Foundation for 10 young girls and boys. Yes. Mm-hmm. And um, it fell, then, it, then, it, then it fell apart is the name of the book. Yeah. It's out on hardcover, and e-book, Kindle. and audio, which you did the voice for. Which we discussed. For some reason, doing an audio book should be the easiest thing in the world, and it's so annoying. I, don't, I have no idea why, but it's just annoying. And not only that, you've done it twice. Yeah. I did it, but whatever. Yeah. I'm glad it's I did hard it. Thing. I mean, I, I can't, you can't really complain. Like, it's hard to expect sympathy when you say, like, oh, I had to record my own audio book. Like, it's kind of like when musicians complain about going on tour. Yeah. I'm like, you know what? I've had terrible jobs. Recording an audio book and going on tour, they're not terrible jobs. Yeah. No, in the big picture, it's you're, you're lucky you yeah. got you got that job. We're going to play Led Zeppelin, going to California. Okay. See you later, Mo. This was really fun. Thank you for having me. Hold on, shovels. Yeah, before we oh. move on to the song, we want to do a giveaway here. So we have to qualify somebody for 5K Fridays. We'll take caller 25 at 800-955-KLOS. You get in the running for the $5,000, which we give away Fridays, 530 with Gary Moore. You also will win a pair of tickets for Dead and Company at the Hollywood Bowl, June 3rd, and those are provided by LNHS. Um, we should, I should come over to your house and we should record a couple of songs. I know we keep saying it, the Whistling mm-hmm. album. You've got, you got to call me and say, come over. Okay. If you don't, I'll never come over. I'm going away for a month, and I'll be back in ah, June, and then I'm back. That old going away yeah, that for old, a month routine. <laughs> that old not being in the same town at the same time thing. <laughs> yeah. Let's see you later, Moby. Okay, thank you. Bye, good night.